Well, good morning, everybody. How we doing this morning? My name is Kyle Lounsbury, and along with my wife, Jasmine Lounsbury, we help lead our college ministry here in OC. Uh, getting some, some love from them right now. That's awesome. <clears throat> well, before I start, I got a preface. I'm a little discouraged this morning because I was at that UCLA-USC game, and my dad is a UCLA Bruin. And it was a heartbreaker for UCLA, all right? SC, they got the win. It was a great game. My voice is a little scratchy because I was out there screaming and jumping. It was a lot of fun. Um, great memory, a lot of fun. And, you know, Marcel, happy for you, bro. I know you've been waiting a long time for SC to be good again. So, for you, yeah. So, we're getting some feedback here still, I, I think. Um but anyways, guys, it's great to be with you all this morning. I hope you guys are doing well. And, um, you know, we're going to be continuing our Belong, Believe, Become theme here together. And today we're going to be talking about becoming an overcomer. All right, becoming an overcomer. Let's see if this clicker works. Oh, Jacob already did it for me. All right, there we go. It's up there. Sorry, we don't have monitors up here, so I can't see my slides. So you have to bear with me there. But... um. You know, I want to start off this morning by asking you a question. Very simple question, okay? Do you believe that you can overcome? All right, some of us are saying yes. Do you believe that you can overcome? It's a good question to think about. You know, I want to share a story with you all before we jump into the scriptures this morning that I found that I, I thought was really impactful for me and just as far as perspective is concerned. And I want to start off here. It says, a man found a cocoon of a butterfly. He sat and watched the butterfly for several hours as it struggled to force its body through the little hole at the end of the cocoon. Eventually, the butterfly stopped making progress. And it appeared as if it had gotten as far as it could and could go no farther. The man decided to help the butterflies, so he took a pair of scissors and he snipped off the remaining bit of the cocoon. The butterfly then emerged easily, but it had a swollen body and small, shriveled wings. The man continued to watch the butterfly because he expected that at any moment, the wings would enlarge and expand to be able to support the body, which would contract in time. Neither happened. In fact, the butterfly spent the rest of its life crawling around with a swollen body and shriveled wings. It never was able to fly. What the man in his kindness and haste did not understand was that the restricting cocoon and the struggle required for the butterfly to get through the tiny opening were nature's way of forcing fluid from the body of the butterfly into its wings so that it would be ready for flight once it achieved its freedom from the cocoon. You know, sometimes struggles are exactly what we need in life. If nature allowed us to go through our life without any obstacles, it would cripple us. We would not be as strong as what we could have been, and we too, like the butterfly, could never fly. Brothers and sisters, this morning, we're gonna be talking about overcoming challenges and obstacles. 
And I want to share that it's an essential part of our lives as humans, but it's also an essential piece of our spiritual walk with God. Amen? That we too have to overcome obstacles and challenges in our lives. And so today, we're going to look at an example of an overcomer in the Bible. Amen? And before we jump into that, I'm going to say a word of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this morning, this chance to come together, to be able to look at your word, to be able to worship and fellowship with my brothers and sisters. God, I pray that as we look at the story of the Apostle Peter, as we look at his life and the example that he lived, that we can imitate the way that he overcame, the way that he relied on you, the way that he turned to you in times of struggle, in times of obstacles, he turned to Jesus. And even in times when he fell, fell short and failed, you were still there to pick him back up. And God, I pray that as we look at the scriptures and apply it to our lives, that we too can connect with how at times we may fall short. We may not be able to overcome the obstacles on our own, but with God and his spirit, we are able. And Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray for the hearts this morning as we look at your word. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to look at the story of Peter. So before we jump into that, let me tell you a little, about, a little bit about who Peter was, all right? Peter was one of Jesus' first disciples, and he became the spokesman for the apostles. He was a man of faith, but he had many ups and downs. You know, he was also, he was a Jew from Bethsaida, and he never made the cut to be chosen by a Jewish rabbi to follow, right? And that time, it, it was a part of the culture that if you were a Jew, you would study the Torah, and that the, the rabbi would eventually pick the best students to come follow him, and he didn't get picked. Rather, he had to go and learn his father's trade, which was fishing. He became a fisherman. So some would say that Peter was maybe an unschooled, ordinary man, right? We've heard that before for some of us. But what we see throughout the life of Peter is he had to experience some difficult moments in his life in order to become an overcomer for Christ. Amen? So what we're going to do is a little different today. We're going to go through a timeline of Peter's life, all right? So I made this slide here. I don't know if it's, okay, there we go. So I made this slide. We're going to go and break down some key moments that I feel that really explain the story of Peter, okay? The first here is when he first gets called in the top left there. In Mark chapter 1, verse 16, if you want to turn there, go for it. It reads, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So what happens here is Peter has been waiting his whole life to be called by a rabbi. And he gets called by the perfect rabbi, Jesus, the son of God. How amazing it is that Jesus calls Peter, right? We see that, and at this time, his name wasn't Peter yet, it was Simon. A little bit later, we'll see when he becomes Peter. But his name was Simon, and Jesus calls him to follow him. He was directly chosen by Christ. Many of us in here, actually, in fact, all of us in here have been chosen by Christ, amen? So we see this is an amazing start to the story of, of Peter, Simon Peter. He's getting called by Jesus. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go. I've been waiting for this my whole life. He drops his nets, he goes and he follows Jesus. At once it says he left his nets and he followed Jesus. 
And then we see in the second part here, in the second part of the timeline, he's given the keys to the kingdom. So, so some time goes by, he, he's walking with Jesus, he's living his life, following Jesus. Jesus is teaching and training and preaching and he's learning. And then one day he comes up to Peter or he actually comes to the apostles and he asks them, who do they say I am? Who, does, who do the people think I am? And he goes to Peter in verse 15 of Matthew 16. He says, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. This is where he gets his name. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. You know, we see in this moment, this is a high moment for Peter. This is an amazing time. Think of the times in your life when you have a spiritual high where you're like, oh my gosh, God is blessing me. God is doing so much in my life. He is taking care of me. And we see that Peter comes here and somehow he gets it right, right? Some of them are saying, oh, maybe you're a prophet. Maybe you're something else. But he's like, who do you say I am? And Peter's like, you're the Messiah. Bingo. Peter got it right. He hit the nail on the head. He got it right. And what does Jesus say? He says, I'm going to build my church on this rock. He proclaims that Jesus is the Messiah. And then Jesus gives him the name Peter and the keys to the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing? So, so far, we already see two amazing moments with Peter in his life. He gets called by Jesus to follow him. Awesome. And then he gets the right answer that nobody could get. And he's proclaiming Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior. And Jesus is like, that's it. You got it. I'm going to build my church on this rock. But then we see something happen. After three years of following Jesus, walking with him every day, being close to him, we see what probably Peter's biggest blemish in his life is, his spiritual walk, right? And many of us have heard of this moment. Let's turn to Matthew 26, verse 69. It says, Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you were one of them. Your accent, it gives you away. Then he began to call, call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. You know what I find the most interesting about this is that we see these high moments in Peter's life, these spiritual highs. He's calling Jesus the Messiah. He's being told the church is going to get built on you. You're going to be one of the main leaders. 
to I don't even know the man. Imagine the shame he may have felt in that moment. Imagine the the betrayal that he just portrayed. This is a low moment. This is a weak point. You know, he denied Jesus at Christ's most difficult time, just before the cross. We see that Peter gave in to his fear and gave up on Jesus in this low moment. Brothers and sisters, let's take a moment to think of the times where we may have given in to fear. In what ways maybe you've given up on your faith this morning? Think of the times where, man, you, you may have fallen short or you made a mistake. Maybe there's things in your life where you're, you're lacking a lot of faith. And man, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how this is going to happen. Maybe for some of us, for some of the parents, it's, it's some of our kids' faith. That we've been praying for so long. We've been asking God for so long and the, the, the answer has not yet come. Or maybe for some, it's our spouse's faith. Maybe some of our spouses in here are not faithful to Christ in this moment. But we're asking, God, please. Or maybe some of us, it's financial struggles. That we just can't get over the hump or we're in debt or we're trying to fight through some financial issue. Or maybe for some of us, we've given up on our own faith that maybe God is not going to use me anymore. That it's been too long. There's no glory left for me to share with God. There's no opportunity for me to actually give and serve God. And we've lost faith. We've given up hope that God can still do something with us. We've been overcome by fear, some of us. Brothers and sisters, Peter was in the same spot, in a low point. He denied, he said, I don't even know the man. But one thing I love to see here is that in order to become an overcomer, we must follow the one who overcame death. Amen? Did I say that right? In order to become an overcomer, we must follow the one who overcame death. In this moment, Jesus hadn't died and resurrected yet. Guys, we live in a time where we know Jesus died and overcame death on a cross for our sins. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is the one who can help us to overcome. He helps Peter to overcome. And as we continue looking at the life of Peter, even though he was in a low moment, even though he really blew it, he really made a mistake, we see that his life takes a different trajectory because he chooses to overcome, amen? He chooses to follow Christ, but Christ gives him an opportunity. And so we're gonna continue in the timeline here and we're going to look at when Jesus reinstates Peter. All right. Turn with me to John 21, verse 15. There it reads, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, well, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Some context to this scripture, Peter had actually gone back out fishing. Peter had gone back to what he originally was doing before he was called by Christ. He went back to his old way and was fishing. And then Jesus comes up to him after dying and raising from the dead. He appears to him and says, Peter, what are you doing? Come, let's have some breakfast. And they have a meal together. Good things happen when we eat meals together. All right, brothers and sisters, let's remember that. All right, Rusty, I know that's Rusty's love language right there. Good things happen at the dinner table. And then Peter and Jesus have this conversation, this interaction. And they're saying, Jesus asked him, do you love me? I find it interesting. He asked him three times, do you love me? Why? I don't know. Maybe Jesus is just wanted to know. Maybe he's clever. I think it's because Peter denied him three times. That it was a perfect picture of grace. It was a perfect picture of, man, you're coming back with me. You, you messed up three times. I got you. I'm going to cover you three times. And Jesus forgives him, reinstates him as an apostle, and helps restore Peter's faith. The coolest thing, brothers and sisters, about following Christ is, yeah, we're going to mess up. We're going to have our flaws. We're going to have our mistakes. But we have a chance to be forgiven. We have an opportunity at a new creation, the way that Peter was given the same opportunity. Amen? And so now we get to look at the fun stuff. We get to see the repentance of Peter. We get to see the change in Peter's life and change in Peter's mind. And we look in verse, or in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, when he starts the church. Because remember he said that, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on this rock. And he starts the church at Pentecost in Acts 2, 36. He says, therefore, this is Peter, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The promise is for us in 2022, amen? The promise is for us. And we see that Peter has this mind change, this repentance, this overcoming of his weakness because he chose to accept the grace of Christ. He chose to follow Jesus again. And Peter preaches at Pentecost and we see miracles happen. He calls people to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. And 3,000 were baptized that day. Isn't that amazing? 3,000 people decided to follow Jesus. So brothers and sisters, I want to remind you this morning, you are chosen by Christ to overcome. You are chosen by him. And you have a choice to either overcome or continue to give in to the fear or the struggles that are before you. And Jesus gives you the strength to overcome, amen? Jesus is the one who gives us the possibility to overcome. And so we're going to close out my favorite passage in Acts 4, verse 7. 
This is when Peter goes from denying Jesus up to standing before the Sanhedrin, which is the strongest and most powerful religious council. And he, they're questioning him. They're saying, by what power do you have this by? And we pick up in verse seven. It says, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with what? The Holy Spirit. Jesus was right there with them. Filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone, and salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that amazing? That we see this transformation, that Peter went from denying Jesus, saying, I don't know the man, to standing up and defending the gospel, risking his life, saying it's no longer me living, but it's Christ living in me. And he goes from denying Jesus to a servant girl to standing up to the highest religious court defending the gospel. One of the things we see back in John 21 when Jesus reinstates him is that Peter was broken about his sin. Peter realized, wow, I've, I've stooped so low. I've fallen so short. And he decided to repent. He decided to change. He decided to move forward, to have a new view of how the world looks in his eyes. It's no longer about him, but it's about Christ. Look what he did because he chose to change and overcome, brothers and sisters. He chose to overcome. This is the difference in followers of Christ when we become overcomers. When we become overcomers, we make impacts. We change the direction of the world. We change the direction of people's eternal destinies when we choose to be overcomers. And that's what we see Peter did here. And so what we're gonna do right now is we actually have a special treat to be able to hear from one of the college students in our campus ministry who's been able to overcome many things in his life and how he has chosen to put Christ first and become an overcomer. And I give you Daniel Samogi. He's gonna share a little bit of his story. Yeah, you can do that. Hello, Dan. Hello, church. Uh, as Kyle mentioned, my name is Daniel Samogi. I am a, in the campus ministry. I actually finished school this winter, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, but uh, as Kyle mentioned, I'm gonna share with you uh, how I overcame uh, a certain uh, issue in a time in my life, which wasn't too long ago. Um, but, closer. but yeah, so uh, for me, something I had to overcome was honestly my trust, my trust in, you know, God's people, but more importantly, my trust in God. And in order for me to like explain that, I feel like I'll tell you a little bit more about my life. So growing up, I grew up in a church, uh, sister church in LA. Uh, and Something I realized at a very young age is how relational our church is. Uh, for those who kind of grew up and who's like a teen or in campus now, like 
you remember those times like where people came over your house or you went over another uh, person's house, your parents just interact with their friends. You just see them have that deep friendship, that deep connection, that deep relationship where you see them pray, you see them just talk, cry together. And something I saw that at a young age, I was like, wow, like for some reason I want that. You know, I want to have those deep relationships with people. And whether that was, you know, through sports on my baseball team, whether it was that through school friends or the church, especially like I did get those. And for church, for example, like I had those relationships, you know, ever since I became a disciple back in 2014, you know, I developed these strong relationships with some of the other teen guys in my life. So that was so encouraging. I was like, wow, God, like I finally get all of this. Like, it's amazing. But however, you know, back in 2019, the church I was attending, we went through a little bit of turmoil. And in a place where I thought was a place to worship God, you know, with, with my friends and brothers and sisters, turned to a place of like choosing sides, like came to a point where it was like a, a ugly divorce and I had to choose which parent I wanted to be with. And, you know, that's something I was like, wow, okay, um, interesting. But what hurt the most throughout that time was the fact that the, I had two very close friends that I call my brothers and the fact that they decided, you know, to leave I, it left an empty hole in my heart just because, you know, I always desired that deep relationship. And, you know, I finally got it. You know, I was there with them through thick and thin. But in the end, I feel like they left me when I most needed, when I needed them the most in my life. So it left a hole in my heart. So I was like, wow, like, that's where my mistrust in God's people kind of began. And then later that year, as some of you may know, my dad had a stroke and he eventually passed away. And I remember throughout that time, you know, um, I remember getting those uh, Bible scriptures, those verse of the days on the Bible app, and I got this one notification. It was Isaiah 41, verse 10, and it reads, So do not fear, for I am with you. you do, not, uh, do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And just reading that, I remember throwing my phone on the ground, just so angry. I was like, God, what are you talking about? I do not feel strengthened by you. I do not feel upheld by you. Like, where are you? I do, and I remember just cursing to God and just, you know, throughout that time, just really falling into sin and being entangled by it. And looking back on it, you know, that was a time where I really started to, to drift away to a point where I even began to question, do I even want to continue my relationship with God? And, you know, and then after, you know, my dad passed. A few months later, we were quarantined. And right there, I was like, that's a perfect opportunity, you know, perfect opportunity to slip through the cracks, you know, as church is online, uh, not really talking to people as much just because I'm like, you know, I don't, they're just going to leave me and I'm going to be left hurt once again. Uh, but for some reason, I was like, you know what, like, let's continue doing this. So in August of 2020, I moved here to Orange County. So I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, new start. All my problems are going to be left in Los Angeles. Great. Nope, <laughs> exactly. The problem was just followed. And I remember moving here one of the first few weeks, I get a phone call from a random phone number. And I was like, who the heck? So I pick up the phone and it was Kyle Lounsbury who called just saying, hey, like, you know, we just hired him as a campus minister. He's called me and, you know, he's trying to make small so I get to know me. But I was like, I'm not here for it because, you know, one, he's a leader. I already don't have trust in leaders and they'll own God's people. So I'm like, why do I want to do this? And even living in the house, too, I just remember you know, my roommate's always asking questions about my life, but somehow, you know, I'll give them little bits and pieces of my aunt, like about my life, but not really tell them the full story. Uh, but then one day, um, I remember being in Long Beach. Uh, I forgot what for, but I just remember uh, me and my old roommate, Chris, actually, you know, we were talking 
And Chris is a guy, he's an interesting guy, I love him. He always asks questions and he's always a talker. And I'm like, dang, I'm like, I don't know how I can get around this guy. And then he would ask questions, like for this one specific day, I just remember him asking questions, like just drawing my heart out more and more. And then eventually I just remember just breaking down and crying to him. I'm so grateful for Chris and all the people here in my life because if it wasn't for them, honestly, like I wouldn't have gotten open about it. I wouldn't have gotten open about, you know, where I was at in my life at that time. Um, and, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm just so grateful because after doing that, like, I just really felt all this weight just off my shoulders. I don't know. It's almost like when you've been in sin a lot, you've been hiding it. It's kind of like when you kind of confess it, you just feel the weight off your shoulders. And that's what it felt like, honestly. And, you know, I just started to, I remember I started to rely on God more, but I also started relying on his people more. I remember just developing those deep relationships with my roommates and then deep relationships with the campus ministry. And then even with some of the married people here too as well. And a scripture that, uh, you know, helped me get through that time, that strengthened me, was in 2 Corinthians uh, 12, verse 9 through 10, which reads, uh, this is Paul writing, he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast uh, all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Isn't that amazing, church? Just how Christ's power is with us through weakness. And I just remember, for some reason, like, you know, whenever I was weak, I was like, no, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to get through it. But, you know, it didn't come about, you know. Obviously, you see how my life, you know, was back then. Going off my own strength, my life was not great at all. Then when I started relying on God more, I got to see, you know, through my weakness, accepting my weakness, relying on God more, you know, God really helped bless my life so much. And some of the things he blessed me, to be honest with you guys, like, for one, I never thought I would be in a dating relationship, all right? But now I get to be in an awesome, godly dating relationship with my girlfriend, Savannah. And it's just so, thank you, yes. It's just so incredible, guys. Just because, for one, like, you know, we have fun, but we really get to honor God. He's the first person we honor at the forefront of our relationship because he, is, he blessed me with it. So there's that. But then also, I get to have the most relational job ever, which I never thought I would too. I get to be a campus intern right now. And that's been a fun time because like back then, if you asked me two years ago if I want to be an intern, I'd be like, no way. I remember Steve always asked me to do it. And I'm like, no, Steve, like Steve Stevenson. I was like, no, nah, you're good, bro. Don't do it. But now I get to do it. And it's been fun because now I get to, you know, build relationships with the people in the campus ministry, get to be close with them, help with the, the younger uh, campus people. Cause I'm one of the older guys now. It's kind of like, I'm always telling them like, Hey, like don't make the same mistakes I do. I want you guys to, to thrive. All right. Like really rely on God, really love up on the people you have in your life right now. Um, just because I feel like I didn't, you know, get to do that during my campus time. Uh, but yeah, um, I know I shared a lot with you guys, but to wrap it all up, I'm just really proud to stand here before you today, really, truly happy and content of my life, where, where I am right now in my life, just overcoming my trust issues with, with God, with God's people. And if there's one thing I want you all to walk away with this morning is if you want to overcome whatever struggles you have, all right, of course, there's the basics, you know, you know, dive into the word, be rooted in the word, be rooted in Christ, be rooted in the church. But if there's one thing you want to do if you want to overcome a struggle, especially if something in your past, like for me, is you just got to accept your past, all right? If you don't want to, you know, if you don't make peace with your past, it will never leave you and it will create your future. You know, just like Peter who, you know, wasn't chosen to be a rabbi or, um, 
the fact that he denied Jesus, if he would have harp on that, he wouldn't have done so many great things, such as, you know, preaching at the Pentecost, calling people to repent and be baptized, and having 3,000 join the faith that day. You know, uh, overcomers know the only good time to look in the past is to see how far you've come. And just like Peter and myself, I'm proud to see how far I've overcome. Thank you. Amen. Appreciate you sharing, Daniel. And brothers and sisters, as we come to a close here, I want to remind us one more time here that when we rely on Christ, when we trust in him, we too can overcome. I know many of us in here have overcome so many things. And there's many heroes in the faith in this room today. I'm grateful for you guys that we get to look up to you. We get to learn from you. Don't give up. Continue to set that example. And for those of us who maybe are struggling with this idea, I want you to examine yourself and ask yourself, are you willing to imitate Peter's example of overcoming? Not the bad stuff, right? But are you willing to imitate the repentance that Peter exemplified? Brothers and sisters, God gives us the chance to change, and it's amazing. When we change, it's, it's so fulfilling. And so as you think about your life this morning, are you willing to surrender to Christ and become an overcomer? Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.